Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the room. And as a gift to all the mothers in the room, I have uh, decided that we're going to let voices sing longer, so I've shorted my message for you today. Man, there's a lot of excitement in here. Can I just tell you, though, we're going to see if miracles still happen, because my goal is 25 minutes. So y'all be praying for me. No, I'm super excited. Hey, listen, Mother's Day today, we have a booth in the back that you can get your picture. Love for you to take advantage of that. Mothers with your children that are here, love for you to, to have that in the back. Also want to share with you just a few things. Our Zambia team is leaving, leaving soon uh, at the end of the month. You can pick up a uh, form in the back and you can write encouraging notes to those who are going and place those notes in the mailbox Brother Randy, throughout the week, will be handing those notes of encouragement to them. And it will be a wonderful way for us as the body of Christ to encourage one another while they're on the grounds sharing the, the, the gospel and loving on people. And let me tell you, it can get tiring when you're 8, 9, 10 hours time zone difference. So go back in the back at our go table and pick up those, write those notes of encouragement, and make sure that you get those in uh, in a timely fashion. As I've already announced with you, our... Uh, we're headed back to Israel next year in 2023, May 29th through June 7th. If you're interested and want more information, you can come uh, to our interest meeting on May 18th or May 22nd, right after the worship hour. We also have uh, our hospital, hospital visitation training luncheon, which is May 15th. Uh, for all of you who would like to come and be a part Love for you to come and learn so that you can also go and visit those, pray for those who are in the hospital. And last announcement that I have, many of you have shared, David, uh, the youth and, and the student ministry, the children's ministry, they all have t-shirts. We all want a t-shirt. Well, on May 15th, we're going to be ordering these. So if you would like one of these shirts, please go online. You can order. We're only pre-ordering. So if you say... Two months down the road, hey, David, let me get one of those. I'm going to say we're going to wait till the next order. So if you're interested, go online, $15. That's what the shirt looks like. We want to make sure that everybody has one. Let's just let the voices of Mobile know how excited we are that they're here with us today. At this time, I want to welcome Roger Breland and the voices of Mobile. Lord Christ the solid rock I stand All the ground Sinking sand All the ground Is sinking sand
Behind hell. 
Thank you. 
Thank you. I, I love the line in that song that said, when he wrapped his loving arms around me. Because when Jesus comes in, it just changes everything. You know, he came to my heart, he gave me a new heart. When he gives us a new heart, he changes our want to. It's that doubt about whether you become a Christian because you have to give up those things you like to do. And the interesting thing, a part of, a part of is that when he comes in, he changes your want to and gives you all these new things and even talks about it in the scriptures. And it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things become new. Some things here are new um, for me in the years of Luke 4.18 because I was thinking today that uh, I have three sons in the ministry and they grew up with the founding pastors and the founding fathers of this church. Uh, I was away for many years and these were the people who took care of my family. You, I can look out and see some of you. And then the founding pastors are with Jesus. And now Brother David's here, and, and he's nurtured under those people. And then Aaron is here, and he traveled with the voices of Mobile before he ever came to this church. He was on this stage just traveling through like some of these students. And the people behind me are the people who are going to take my place, and they're going to do a better job than I've done. You know, and that's, that's what's so good about the fact that we could be here today on Mother's Day. I, I texted them early this morning. It was a little after 7. I said, today is a good day. Call your mother. I sure wish I could call mine. Don't you? Thank you for having us back here. It's almost become a tradition for us because yesterday was graduation. It was beautiful, it was hot, and it was long. And uh, we get to come here and always after this service, for the first time in a long time, they get to go home for a very short visit because we're about to go on a 5,000-mile tour. We're starting in Mobile, and we're going to Houston, to Dallas, M Memphis, southern Illinois, uh, Michigan, Chicago, Omaha, and uh, then we spend four days doing concerts up at Mount Rushmore. Then we come back from South Dakota. We end the tour at... Uh, in Fairhope on the 20th of June is our final concert. And on the 26th, we'll have a little Afterglow concert. Uh, in fact, um, the Afterglow concert is that we are at Mount Hebron Baptist Church over in Trinity Gardens. Now, we're going there, and uh, it's always a joy to go to Mount Hebron. If you've never been to Mount Hebron, you don't understand what it means to say it's a joy to be at Mount Hebron Baptist Church because Mount Hebron is the largest church in the city. It's also an African-American church. It's a Baptist church, but they have more fun than you do. <laughs> it's amazing. When we go to Mount Hebron, it's as predictable as anything you'd be. I talked to the pastor this week. With the first service, it's at 745. We're on that stage. We're singing at Mount Hebron, 745. Then they have an 11 o'clock service. And between the 7.45 service and the 11 o'clock service, we have breakfast. 
and it's as predictable as the services. We have scrambled eggs, fried catfish, biscuits, orange juice. It's always Mount Hebron. So we're looking forward to being there. Pastor Joe's a friend. I, I said, hey, I, I got a new song I want us to sing for you when we get here. I think you'll like it. And we've been practicing on a bunch of white churches until we can get to Mount Hebron. You know what I mean? It's just been a fun song. And I, I've been looking at this song for, since last August, and we, we didn't, it just wasn't kind of working for us to do it until recently, and we just recorded it on a brand new album. In fact, we've named our tour after this song. So this, er, Cedric is going to sing the song, and I'm going to be interested in your response. And <clears throat> it's a good song for you not to be so white on, you know, just, <laughs> just have a little bit fun, you know. I just enjoy it so much and I hope you do because we always love to come here. The title of this song, the title of the t-shirt, the title of the new album, and the title of the tour we're about to go on is this. This ain't no ordinary worship.
Well, thank you all. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I, was, I didn't want anybody to get to running on that one. They'll get to running. It's a fun song. Thank you very much. Um, just do one more thing before Pastor comes. Let's sing a song. This is the No Ordinary album. It's just been about three weeks we've had it. And most of the songs we sing for you today are, are on here, particularly the one we're about to do. And it's a, it's a fun but But on the tour, we'll do eight states. But this is the No Ordinary shirt. But I wanted to show you this. Because on the back of it, it's got every date of the tour. I think we're singing about 25 or 30 times. But right there, the tour's already started. But it says right there, Colin, what does it say? It says, uh, what does it say right there? It says, May the 8th, Luke 418, Mobile, Alabama. But here was the first one, guys. The first one was May the 1st, Shoal Creek Baptist Church, Slap out Alabama. That was the first one right there. If you haven't been to Slap out, but all the states. In, but I want you to see that if you'd go by, it, it, that will help us pay for the tour. And this church has always been very gracious to us. But our CDs are available out there. And the, and the New Ordinary, you will like it very, very much. It's a fun one. They're $10 a piece, and you can get three of them for 20 That shirt is a bag. But in the bag, there's a big, we call this the Mount Rushmore bag. It's got, I think, seven or eight. And that shirt's in it also. You can get everything for 60 Make a check to the university cash or use a credit card back there. Uh, <clears throat> next month, we're having the Truth 53 Union at Cottage Hill. Uh, it started in 1971, but they're all coming back on Father's Day weekend next month. All those people will be coming on Friday night. We'll have a big concert there. Natalie Grant, Joey McBurr, so many for him. All those guys will be there with a big concert at Cottage Hill. And um, some of the people are will be singing again, and some of them are like me. They're too old to sing anymore. But uh, 50 years, 400 people within the group, and we're just thankful for one more time. We're going to try to get together. It'll be an amazing, amazing event. Um, these people do not know truth. Is they, they have no idea. Their moms and dads do, but they, they don't know. Uh, but but uh, many of you were kind through those years, and I'm thankful for that. But I wanted them to sing for truth. Maybe some of the true songs. And I think they've enjoyed doing that. Forgive me because I've gone over the time by doing this song. I've gone over your time. Please, please forgive me. But this is also on our new album. It's the duet package. The first number one song we ever had was a song called Jesus Never Fails. And I'm so thankful for that song. But we put, to, put them together in duets. These were the great number one songs for truth. And if you happen to remember one as we sing it, would you clap? Not for us, but just to tell them you were cool before they were born, you know. <laughs> you would just say, hey, I remember that song. It's a medley of those songs. Thank you for having us here today, Pastor. I'm going to give you one of our new albums. If you will give me a pair of those socks. I just love those socks. In fact, I'm going to go. Don't pull your socks off, but I want to give you this new album. I, I couldn't take my eye off of your socks. I, lo I love you. I really wouldn't wear them, but I just love those. I just think those socks are wonderful. Thank you for being such a gracious host to us. And we miss hearing today. Uh, this is the the truth uh, duet package. God bless you. Thank, thank you always for being so kind to us. Colin, Colin and Hannah do the heavy lifting for truth, for voices these days, etc. But they'll be singing the leads on the duet. This is Colin and Hannah Clardy.
Wow. I think that's what it's going to be like when we're singing around the throne. But if I sing today, it's not going to sound like that. So I'm going to wait till I get around the throne to sing. What an incredible, incredible morning. Thank you all so much. You know, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, open up to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Mr. Breland, I'm used to it. Brother Fred and his timing was uh, unique as well. And so sometimes we were a little later than normal. So, no, it was, it's a joy. And I'm so glad that y'all are here today and, and, and get to sing and share. I'm telling you, that was incredible. I was... I could have gone on for longer, so. Today is Mother's Day. Mother's Day comes with mixed emotions sometimes. For some of us, it's a joyful day celebrating a mother who has sought the Lord and led and guided us, directing us through God's Word to be devoted to Christ all throughout our childhood and even today. For some of us, it's painful as it reminds them of the passing of their mother. But I challenge you today to remember all that she taught you. For some, it's a painful reminder of being a a single mother. But church, we're called to come alongside and lift up their arms for those who are single parents. Can I tell you and remind you that in the scripture that almost all of the times that it's speaking about parenting, it's talking to the congregation, to the church. Even today, Psalm 127 is the ascent as they are ascending, as they are walking up. It's the congregation that would be speaking this and singing this. For some of us, it's even a desire to have children But yet the womb has not been opened and God is reminding you that you are blessed with so many children here at Luke 4.18 to pour your life into. Church, may we remember that there are mixed emotions on this day. May we support one another, encourage one another, and lift one another up. I prayed for several weeks. Many of you know that we, uh, Brother Randy and I, we went to Alaska to look at some mission partnerships. And while I was there, I said, Lord, I, where are we going on Mother's Day? And I just kept crying out to God until finally he showed me Psalm 127. And can I give a disclaimer today? None of us are perfect in parenting. Everybody agree? Can I tell you as your pastor... Uh, I have been, my daughter turns 10 this week. I have been a parent for 10 weeks and I'm still learning what I'm doing. If anybody thinks that they have this idea all together, I'm telling you, then you're lying in this moment. We must remember there is no perfect parent. May we learn today and grow today in God's word because as long as we are growing, then we're doing what God's called us to do. See, we're going to miss the mark in parenting all the time, daily. But as long as we are progressing and growing in God's word in parenting, then we are doing exactly what God has called us to do. Let's look at Psalm 127. It says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. 
It is vain for you to rise up early and retire late, to eat the bread of painful labor, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. God gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Church, I love this passage. Children are a blessing. For some of us, we need to remember that sometimes when we get frustrated, when we're tired, when we're exhausted. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And in this passage, he relates children to be like arrows in the warrior's hand. Now we're going to look at four quick points today through this passage. The first thing that we see at the very beginning is unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The Lord is building the house. The Lord is building the house. Now, commentary kind of argues a little bit over whether he is speaking about the temple or whether he's speaking about the family. But here's what we know through this, is that God is doing all things. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7 tells us, From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, that you are the Lord God, there is no other. You create good times and calamity. You do all these things. Church, when we look at this passage, we recognize that God is sovereign. God is the builder of the house. It's a paradox. Think about this. It says that unless God builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Which means if God's building the house, then the laborers are doing what they're called to do and what they're supposed to do. The paradox is is that you can't build without God doing it, but you're called to build. Think about that for a moment. It's kind of like children. We obviously have a part in that, but without God bringing about children and opening the womb, it doesn't happen. I tell people all the time, it takes two plus God for someone to have a child. Unless you're married, right? So God doesn't have to have two people, but that's what he calls us to do. This paradox that it takes two, but yet God is the one who brings that life into the womb. As Brother Fred said from this passage, relax, it's God's work. Relax, it's God's work. What is this work that he's doing? This work is the the salvation, sanctification, the glorification. It's God's work. He's doing it. He's the one who's growing us daily. So if God is the builder and we are called to build, how do we do that? We've talked about it for many, many weeks. We abide, we dwell, we delight in God. We abide, John 15 tells us that he who abides in him bears fruit. We can't bear fruit on our own, but God does it in and through us when we abide in him. Church, one of my favorite things to say is that we've got to quit trying and we need to start abiding. Too often we're trying to do things in our own power and in our own strength and God's saying no. If the builder builds the house and and, and does not rely on God, he is building in vain. We recognize that we must surrender everything to God and trust his plans for our life. We have to trust that that God's will is perfect and good, Romans chapter 12 verse 2. We have to trust God with with His plans and what He's doing as Proverbs 3, 5-6 through tells us. 
But if we don't trust God to build the house, then we build in vain. John 15, 5. It says, apart from him, you can do what? Nothing. We recognize that in Matthew 16, 26, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Church, we must allow God to build the house. Do it in and through us. We abide. We dwell. We seek his word. We cry out to God and allow God to do that. Brother Ed always said, the person that I am today, I never could have been in my own strength or my own power. That's how I know that the Holy Spirit lives within me. Let me give you a quick example of this. Many of y'all know of Chip and Joanne Gaines. They rehab houses. They are uh, my worst nightmare because my wife sees what they do and says, can you do that here? No, I can't. People watch these shows and they think, wow, like rehabbing a house is so easy. And then they go and buy a house and they try to do what they see on TV. And guess what? It is not so easy. It's painful. It's hard. You run into all these uh, obstructions, these things you didn't know about. But can you imagine if Chip and Joanne's gains came to your house that you were rehabbing, that you were struggling with, that you didn't know what to do? You know what? You would probably step out of the way and say, you lead and I'll follow and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Because you now have somebody who is leading and doing that and showing you how to do it. That's what God's doing in our life. Now, God and Chip and Joanne Gaines, two totally different, right? But God in our life is doing the building in and through us if we will just step out of the way and let him do it through us. But then it says this. It says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Arrows. Children are like an arrow. But arrows don't just come out like this. Right? No. Arrows start something like this. Arrows have to be shaped. Arrows have to go through a process. Whoop. Arrows have to go through a process to go from this to this. Uh, Think about this. They have to carve off the rough areas. They have to sometimes place it over heat and begin to bend it into The straight shape that an arrow is. So, are we shaping our children according to the Word of God? Now, that's a great question. How do you know if you are shaping your children according to the Word? How do you know if you're hitting the target? So, if you aim at nothing, you hit it how often? 100% of the time. Well, I have... Hey, Randy, will you come hold this for me? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I have a target here. Everybody kind of universally knows what that is. Can I set that there? Is that going to mess up y'all's speaker? Can I lean it right there, actually? If it falls, it's going to scare me, but it'll be okay. So do we know what we're aiming for in raising our children? Church, I'm here to tell you, I believe that the number one problem in parenting is that parents don't know what they're shooting for. For some of them, they're trying to shape them into a good person morally. As long as they don't get in trouble at school. As long as they don't go to jail. 
As long as they don't get in trouble at uh, church and other places, as long as they're a good moral person, we're okay. But what? that's very relative. There's no real target. Because as you know, morality changes every day in our culture, doesn't it? For some of us, it's, man, we want them to have a good work ethic. And so we're going to mold that so that whenever they uh, go out into life, that they're going to be able to keep a job and stay out of the house, right? For some of us, we want them to excel in sports. And we're going to bend them and help them go from this to this. And, and the goal for parenting is for them to be good at sport and ultimately so we can live vicariously through them, right? Church, if we don't know what we're aiming for, we'll hit it every time. But when you learn what the target is biblically of shaping arrows, then when you miss, guess what? You now know how to correct yourself. Think about this for a second. If you don't have a target for parenting your children, then you don't know how to judge whether you are hitting the mark. But praise God, it's not pass or fail. It's God saying, when you miss the mark, I'm teaching and training you to move over just a little bit. If I were to shoot an arrow, I do have a bow back here. If I were to shoot an arrow, some of y'all are scared now. But if I were to shoot an arrow at this target and I were to miss the target slightly to the right, guess what I need to do? Scoot over a little bit to the left, don't I? When you know what your target is, You know how to adjust. So what is a biblical target for us in shaping children in the way of the Lord? At our house, this is what I like to say. That we are called to raise our children to be fully devoted followers of Christ. We get that from Proverbs 22.6. To raise up a child in the way of the Lord. Not our way, but in the way of the Lord. So at our house, that target is to raise up fully devoted followers of Christ. Every decision in our life has to go through that. Things that we choose to go to, things that we do with our kids, how we respond in discipline, and and how we do all those is focused on the target for kids to be raised to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And in that, we want them to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and love others as well. So how do we shape the arrows? Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So how do we train, raise them up? Well, we bring them up in the instruction and the discipline of the Lord. Instruction of the Lord, Deuteronomy 6 Right? In that passage, he said, Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, the Lord is God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But after that, he says, share it with your children as often as you rise and as often as you sit down. Continue to keep that before them. Church, we shape our children by speaking God's truth into their lives. But let me tell you, a spoken word without action behind it is fruitless. So we teach God's word, but then we show them as the book of Matthew tells us. Let your light shine before men. You could say let your light shine before your children so they'll see your good works. Let me tell you, that's to glorify God, right? But let me tell you, they see every bit of your life, don't they? The good, the bad, and the ugly. 
That's the reason why one of the greatest things that you can do is show them the action as a parent to ask them for their forgiveness when you walk in sin. When you get angry with your child and you say, hey, would you forgive me, your dad, for what I did and how I spoke to you? We don't, we don't allow it our house, sorry. You should be sorry. We don't allow it. You should be sorry for what you did. The question is, is will you humble yourself and ask for forgiveness? See, asking for forgiveness is saying, I have laid it all down, now it's in your court. Saying you're sorry, how sorry are you? So we must show them. Parents, often, what do we show our kids? Do we show them the American dream, materialism, comforts, personal preferences, or do we show them a transformed life? Do we show them a life of prayer? Do we show them a life of falling into God's word and letting it wash over us? Do we show them a life of rest, showing them that God is in control? We just sang about it. Do we show them through our trust and faith in God that we can rest? Do we show them through serving others that God has called us to serve and bring them alongside? Church, we're partnering in New Orleans. It's only an hour and 45 minutes away. You can take your children, fathers, and mothers, and you can show them what God's Word teaches. Do we show them a life of generosity? Do we show them encouraging others? See, spoken word without action really pushes them further away. There's one other thing that that we have to look at with an arrow. We're called to teach our kids. We're called to show in action, but we're also called to discipline. We're also called to discipline. And church, let me just tell you that if you're disciplining your child out of emotion and not out of God's truth... You get frustrated, you get angry, and then you blow up on them, and then you just tell them, well, now you're in in, in the room for a whole week. If you begin to discipline out of emotion, that bending process turns to this. But when we surrender our emotions, emotions are real. God created us with emotions. When we surrender our emotions, some of y'all, this was painful because you had some moments in your life that just came back before your eyes. Let me tell you, emotions are real. We must lay those, surrender them under the authority of God, walk according to truth, and discipline according to God's word with a redemptive mindset to redeem them. But let me tell you, people who have walked through this, praise God that he is merciful and gracious and he is redeeming. The things that we break, he's putting back together, praise God. Are there scars? Are there pains? Are there hurts? Absolutely. And it allows us to teach others as we go forward. Church, what is your target in raising your kids? Do you have a statement at home? You may say, David, I don't even have kids yet. I'm telling you, if you don't have a plan, when that time comes, your kids will turn 18, you'll send them off to college and say, I hope we did a good job. And all of us are called to walk together with the body of Christ with children. None of us are called to sit on the sideline with this. My kids are watching every one of you as they're watching their mother and their father. Praise God that when we miss the mark, we know how to adjust to hit the target. But see, arrows are not just to be shaped, but they're also to be released. 
Now, I'm not going to shoot this. Some of y'all are very nervous. But they're also to be released. Church, you know what happens all the time, often? His parents are so afraid, they don't want to let go. And God has called us to pour into them, raise them up in the way that they shall go. And we're called to send them out to go and to get a job, but not a job, but a mission field. To go and to share the gospel of reconciliation. God has called us to raise up children, to send them out. Arrows are meant to be shot. They don't sit in the quiver for till they're 50 years old. No, they're called to be shot and sent out for the gospel. We're called to send our children to proclaim the truth. Next week, senior recognition. Those who are graduating church, that's not just, hey, let's have people come up here. Anybody that's graduated, come up here and let's give them a big round of applause. No, that's sending kids out. Sending them to colleges, sending them to the workplace to proclaim the gospel, to take the message of reconciliation with them. See, if that's not our mindset, parents, then we're going to be more focused on where they go to school to get a better job than where can they go to school to be a light in this world. If our focus is not raising up arrows that will walk according to God's word, then we're going to be trying to protect them from their mistakes and keep them away from what God is calling them to do. But then there's one last thing. The Lord builds the house. God does it. Arrows must be shaped. Arrows are called to be sent out. And I meant to tell you this quote, sorry. Tony Merida said this. Children are not fine china to be kept, but arrows to be sent. But then the last thing is that we can rest in God's work. We can rest. It's God's work. Look at what it says back in verse 2. It says, It is vain to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labor, for he gives to his beloved even his sleep. Church, you probably set up late at night worried about your kids. It's okay to be concerned, but let me tell you, God loves them more than we do. Let me just say that again. God loves them more than we do. Just as God is the one building our house, He's also the one who's sanctifying and growing and teaching them. When we release them to be shot out into the world to share the gospel, we must realize they're in God's hands just as they have been the whole time they've been born. My children are actually on loan to Leslie and me from God. They're God's, they're His. They're on loan to us. We're called. He's entrusted his precious creation in our hands for us to be part of the process of growing them into arrows to shoot them out. They are his all along. Which means we can rest. It's God's work. We don't have to be the helicopter parent. Right? That's, that's hovering over, keeping them from any type of, of pain or hurt and all these different things. And then they go out and they don't know how to deal with anything. Nowadays, we call it lawnmower parents. They cut everything down in front of their children so their children don't have to deal with anything. And then they don't know how to be shot out. Church, when we have a target and we're shooting at it, 
and we realize that we have failed or missed the mark, we maneuver that just the direction that it needs to go. But everything, every choice in our life, every decision that we make, Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, everything about our life must go through the lens of what am I aiming for? Because otherwise, you'll begin to have personal preferences in shaping your children instead of God's holy word. Church, we can place them in his hands because they're already in his hands. He has a perfect plan for our children as well. Adrian Rogers said, Has it ever occurred to you that it's never occurred to God? God knows what our kids are going to walk through. And as I almost called y'all truth, as Voices of Mobile just said, God will never fail. He's more powerful and stronger. It's the best hands our kids can be in. So parents, are we going to release our children in the hands of the Lord? Let Him build the house in and through us. Make a target, make a a focus on everything that we do so that we can send them out according to God's holy word. Now as we close today, and I... I want you to think about this very, very carefully. Because for some of us, the one thing you needed to hear today, and this is grandparents as well, the one thing you needed to hear is that you're aiming at nothing. You've never thought about the fact that you need to aim at God's holy word and what it says about raising children. And today, you need to begin to line everything up with his word. You say, I don't even discipline my children. The scripture says that he who does not discipline his child hates his child. Use the word hates. You say, well, I don't want them to have to walk through this or that. Well, it's a whole lot better for them to learn that under your tutelage and guidance than it is for the culture to teach them. So maybe today it's just that you need to realize, and I'm going to leave this up here as they sing here in just a moment, that you must have a target, and that target is God's holy word, to, to build fully devoted followers of Christ. But for some of you today, you just need to rest knowing God's going to do it. You need to abide. You need to dwell. You need to delight in God. And let God do the work. It's overwhelming, parents. I get it. There's many nights my kid has all this homework and all this stuff. And then there's discipline issues and all this. And I just want to go to bed. I'm just like, I go to bed at 830. Do you not realize parenting is supposed to end at 830? And I'm exhausted. But whenever I relax and say, God, you got this. Now you show me how to be your hands and your feet in my daughter's and my my son's life. Show me how to speak into their life. Show me how. Guide me, God. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot better than when I try to do it in my own ability. And for some of us today, we need to quit trying and start abiding. But I'll close with this because the reality of it is, is that you can't abide unless you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may be sitting here today and you say, David, I don't understand that. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ came and died for you and for me. See, our sins separated us. That archery term of missing the mark, we can't hit the bullseye without uh, Jesus going to the cross and forgiving us of our sins. You can't abide, dwell, delight in, let God work in and through you until you have been made alive. Spiritually, we were dead, church. 
And for those who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, it says spiritually you're dead. You're going to try in vain for the rest of your life to parent properly, to, to walk according to the Word, all these different things until you have come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't leave today without knowing Christ. At the back at our note table, there will be people there that would love to share with you about the gospel. For those who don't know and, and those who are believers and aren't in a life group, there's people at the growth table that would love to share with you about that. And there will be people at the go table about sharing how you can get involved and serve because your kids need to watch you and see as you do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you for your mercy.